everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. We are the comprehensive Wii U podcast. Each and every week, we are playing different randomly selected games for the Wii U. And we are playing them. We are experiencing them probably for the first time in human history in the case of many of these games. Sure. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. I am Woody Siskowski. Glad to be a part of this, the number one Wii U podcast on the internet. Easily the number one. I, like, I, I mean, I hope so. I hope for the, well, the it be, sake of humanity. Wouldn't it be a depressing world if we were, that we lived in if we were toiling in obscurity amongst all the other Wii U podcasts? <laughs> Meanwhile, Conan O'Brien just drops in and yeah, does one exactly. like really easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, today we are covering two kind of random games, kind of games that don't necessarily have a lot of connective tissue. Well, they're both for the Wii U. They are both for the Wii U, t- kind of. We, but we uh, played them today. Those we are, played those them both are the today. Those are the common. unifying uh, traits. Yeah. Uh, one of these games is called Rodea the Sky Soldier, and the other one is called Shantae Half Genie Hero. Let me explain a little bit about my... Uh, my methodology or my my methodology Your head for cannon my headcanon, my methodology for for condensing these two. All right, uh, they both look like they're vaguely anime inspired, but they're not inspired, but they're not actually based on any kind of specific anime. Okay, and that's it. Got it. And uh, this is this is a big eyes episode. Exactly. They the these aren't necessarily games that I think would sustain full episodes on their own. And also, I guess just to kind of let people know, uh, uh, future of the show, I'm going to be relocating in Whoa, a couple of months. Whoa, uh, truth bomb. I'm sorry to have to tell you yes. this way. <laughs> Just to be clear, Steve did already. Yes, me. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm going to be re- relocating to Texas in a couple of months. And uh, finally, somewhere where you can share your shares your political views. I think that's yeah. the important thing. Oof, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. That was a bad joke. Let me apologize for that right now. <laughs> that is not true. And I hate it when other people pimp that like. You know that joke where you pimp someone into thinking, saying that like they believe something that they don't. Right, right, right. Um, that's yeah. not funny, and so I apologize <laughs> right now. But I forgive you. Okay. I don't know if Texas is going to forgive you though. Yeah, well, that's true. They're, 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 I will stay far away. They are both rooting and tooting down yeah, there. So you exactly. Be careful. They, and you're moving to one of the rootinest tootinest parts of it. I I'm hear. moving to one of the rootinest tootinest parts, uh, Austin, Texas. I'm going to be doing that in September. And so we're kind of trying to condense a lot of the games so that we can get in-person recordings. In-person, uh, it's more fun for us. Yes. And I think, conversely, it is more fun for you, the listener. It's, it's uh, yeah, I think uh, we, we get some great bits. We get some classic <laughs> bits that happen when we're both in person. You know? Oh, yeah. There's yeah, one thing yeah. you're known for. It's classic bits. So many classics. I <laughs> uh, oh, like man. that that hilarious bit where I pretend that you uh, have terrible uh, social <laughs> views. Sure. It's, it's classic. It's a good one. Um, it's a good one Or the other time. one where I interrupt you constantly, which is not so much a bit, so much as <laughs> just a fundamental building block of the so, podcast. So much as just something you do that makes your mom upset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so I mean, it's true of most things I do, I suppose. I suppose but, so. Yeah. We're all great disappointments to our parents. Yes. All podcasters universally <laughs> yeah, are disappointments exactly. to their parents. <laughs> Mark Marin still gets chiding comments. Yeah. What are you doing? When are you going to get a real job? God. That was my impression of Mark Marin's mom, who is probably dead. You never know. But. You never know. I Hopefully she's not. Uh, all love to Mrs. Marin. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the methodology between some of the. You're going to see some maybe unusual pairings or some pairings you wouldn't necessarily think for Such games. As wine and cod. Wine and cod. Don't pair wine with cod unless it's like a nice white. A wine. A white wine would do it. White wine. But we're it's, talking. Is like, that the rule? White wine with fish. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't eat fish. I'll, oh really? Like I don't drink never. wine. Oh, so well, there we, we go. Team up. There we go. We'll, we'll do well at a wine and a wine and fish store. Yeah. Like I'll take half of your stuff. You take <laughs> half of mine. I'll be drunk and you'll be stinky. So it'll, it'll work. <laughs> that's our usual dynamic. That's true. Drunk that's true. and stinky, podcasters at large. <laughs> um, excuse me. Let me drink my beer one moment. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. 
Let me uh, let me just toot here into your into just, your chair. Just boot and get rid of all that fish yeah. smell. Uh, all right, so that's kind of what's going on with that today. So um, before we get started into these surely wonderful games, mm-hmm. they no must question. be great. Uh, what else are you playing right now? I am playing a little. I'm still. <laughs> I'm still so goddamn bitter from my Elder Ring debacle that I haven't <laughs> gone back to it like two okay. weeks later. Um, and so I'm playing something that no one has any reason to be bitter of. Uh, Mario Kart Deluxe, 8 oh, Deluxe. Cool. They, uh, new levels. They, yeah, they released a couple new levels that I, you know, the season pass for it was very reasonably priced, I think, at $25 for an absolute shit ton of levels, except yeah. they paced them out over the course of the year. Yeah, you're getting I like, just want them now. You're getting like four at a time, right? Yeah, eight, or eight. Eight at a time. Two cups. Okay. Um, All right. And the draw, I mean, the new levels, they're fun. The drawback is they're kind of like, you know how every Mario Kart has like your Mario Raceway mm-hmm. or like your Luigi Circuit or sure. your Toad's, I don't know. Just Toad's like, Turnpike. Well, yeah. not Toad's Turnpike because that one's a little different. But, but you're like, talking like a generic kind of like round. Just basically a round like a, intro level. Yeah. And so these are what they gave us here. They just gave us two of these intro cups, which felt a little like, ah, come on, we've already played this game a ton. Give us something swankier like pace out the fancier levels yeah um but it did reinvigorate my enjoyment of mario kart and getting a gold in all of the uh, different kart classes and cups and gotta unlock those vehicle customizations you know yeah i'd say my only my only real criticism of that game is there's no like menu that sort of shows what you have left to unlock and what you have unlocked yeah. like the actual unlocking of things seems very sort of tossed off okay like I, I, I haven't messed it. with those new levels too much. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to dig into them. I think I've got them, like, downloaded. I just like, Yeah, there's not there's certainly nothing wrong with them. I just had realized that uh, some a lot of those old courses I hadn't really played enough. And Mario yeah. Kart is always a delight, especially on the Switch. It plays, it's one of the few games that I think is equally pleasant in both handheld and on TV. It really is. Like, yeah, it, it works quite well in kind of any medium that you want. Yeah. So, yeah, Mario Kart 8, good game. Good game. Good That's game. our hot take. Hot take, hot take. I'm curious what, like, I... I recently hit like a wall when i'm thinking about how we're going to cover mario kart 8 because we've already covered it oh yeah it was a bonus episode on our show like two years ago you could combine it with some other random stuff in the sense of uh, <laughs> moving shit along we talk about mario kart 8 or we're like all right just go uh and now tank 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 yeah, yes enjoy exactly. yeah yeah so we'll figure that out we might have a truncated mario kart episode coming your way but we've got a full-length mario kart episode in the feed dig it out yeah well and speaking of weirdness like or of mario kart in the future like what happens in Mario Kart 9? Like, it's yeah. just a... Ra- I really love, like, the way Nintendo's like, all right, we're just going to make Ultimate Smash Brothers with, like, everything you want in it. Yeah. And we're just going to make Ultimate Mario Kart. I think like, I think it's but, just going to be Nintendo Kart. I think it's just okay. going to be, like, little levels from every game, characters from every game. There's going to be a bunch of Fire Emblem stuff in there. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Everybody exactly. loves the Fire Emblem stuff. I'm saying this as someone who objectively loves Fire Emblem yeah. stuff, but, yeah, enough with the Fire Emblem stuff. Um, I'm not really playing anything new at the moment. I've been continuing to play Pikmin 3, uh, oh, which nice. continues to rule. It's okay, great. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm on the final boss of that right now. Still playing uh, it on the Wii U? Still playing it on the Wii U, playing it through on the Wii U. A lot of fun. Really great game. Uh, heartily endorse. And this time next week, I'll be playing new games on my PlayStation 5, Whoa, which I'm finally getting. So much big news. Coming in next Friday. I'm it's excited. Only, only like, what, a year and a half since it's been released. Jeez, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And I only had to jump through 80 million hoops to try and find it like yeah i was literally just like checking websites and calling like local stores every day and just like is it in yet is it in yet 
Finally, they just threw one at me. To get me out of Best <laughs> be Buy. quiet. Just go away. Us. Yeah. Here. Yeah. It's so, the business model. Yeah. So I'll be having one of those uh, this time next week. And that, I should clarify, we're recording this on April Fool's Day, but I am not fooling anybody with any of these things I'm saying. No, um, this is they, they call you Steve No Fool and Guntley. That's what they call me. Yeah. They call me Rudin Tootin No Fool and Guntley. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our two games today, starting with our first one chronologically, and that is Rodea the Sky Soldier. This was released November 10th, 2015, developed by Katakawa Games and published by NIS America, and this was also released on the Wii and the 3DS. So uh, this is the Katakawa Games is the uh, video game division of the Katakawa Corporation, which is a huge Japanese media conglomerate that oversees everything from publishing to movies to anime to international marketing uh this is really the only release they've had in the states everything else has been in japan oh weird uh nis that stands for nippon ichi software and they've been in the game publishing business since 1993 when they were known as prism uh that company has made a name for itself kind of importing obscure japanese titles to the states yeah whenever whenever you get one of those games that just have a horrible mash of like nouns and verbs nouns in the title you're like, you're like, okay, that must be an NIS game. So, some examples: Needhog, Disgaea, Danganronpa, Onichanbara, AR Tonaliko, the Atelier series, and the Ease series. All yeah. of them are like, all of these are good games that yeah. I'm mentioning here. All I, I've played all of these, and they're really good. Do you like? Have you played Disgaea much? Not I've, too that much. That one I've always been curious about because I always I think that tactical RPGs are like a thing. Where I'm like, all right, I know if this clicks for me, it will be like my favorite game of all totally, time. Totally, totally. But it's so it's like one in ten where I'm like, all right, I'm in. It's yeah, so rare same. that most of the time I just kind of bounce off of it. That's always me too. I vibe I vibe super hard with Fire Emblem. I mm-hmm. vibe super hard with uh, XCOM. Yes. And then like Final Fantasy Tactics did nothing for yeah, me. Totally. Uh, Disgaea did nothing for me. And I feel like I want to put more time in Final Fantasy Tactics. That's so many people's like favorite game, and I feel like I maybe haven't given it much of a shake, but it just seemed like a lot. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so NIS, uh, they they've basically published half the games you can find on the PS Vita right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like so many games. They have so many games on the PS Vita, so uh, definitely check that out if you like uh, weird Japanese games. Yeah, I know people like the Danganronpa or what I Danganronpa. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've played uh, the first two. I need to get the third one because those games are great. They're like weird visual novel slash uh, Phoenix Wright slash Battle Royale kind of things. Wow. They're really cool. Anyway, so Rodea, surprisingly, this game was produced and developed by none other than Yuji Naka. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he is a Sega legend and creator of some minor properties like Burning Rangers, Nights into Dreams, Fantasy Star, and something called Sonic the Hedgehog? Does that okay. sound right? It sounds goofy to huh. me. Who would want to play as a hedgehog? Yeah. No, I've heard of a hedge trimmer, but a yeah, hedgehog? Exactly. What? Sounds weird. Anyway, uh, Naka so, left Sega in 2006, and he set off with his own independent label called Prope. So think proper without the R. Okay. Uh, where he was mostly developing mobile games, and he casually announced the concept for Rodea in 2010, saying that he was working on an action game that was set in the sky and that production was well underway. So some journalists got to take a peek at the early build of the game, and they praised it as kind of like a like a refined and action actiony version of Knights, okay. uh, which is uh, uh, his weird ass game about being a just dream jester and you float around. And it's Knights yeah. isn't good. Yeah, I know. We're both anti Knights. Yeah, we're both anti Knights. Pro days. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah, we're really more of day people. But 
I have a sneaking suspicion. Like, do we know how many? Has he sort of been in command of the Sonic series from the beginning, or is he just sort of the idea man? You I know? I don't know exactly his level of development. I think he left the series around the time uh, that really terrible PS3 Sonic the Hedgehog game came out. Okay, that, like everybody hated. Sure, uh, I think that's sure. about when he tapped out. But I think Sonic Adventure One and Two were his. Because uh, I mean, I might I might be. Yeah. playing my hand a little bit here um, with what I think about this particular game. But I think it's possible that this guy's not very good at making games. Like, Well, it, I don't know. I would stand like, by the Fantasy Star games. Uh, the ones that I've played, Like, I think those are pretty good little RPGs. I've never yeah. played online, uh, which is like kind of the sure, big that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole separate, that separate world as well. But it, he definitely like has a vibe and an aesthetic of like what he's into is kind of like, this sense of free-flowing movement through the air. Yeah. Because like, Knights was kind of like, all right, what if it was kind of like Sonic of going through rings, but mm. you were flying? And it's like, his, his big things are like, I want to collect gems. Yeah, he and loves I collecting like, gems. And like Burning Rangers has that too. Yeah, and that's like a weird futuristic firefighting yeah, game. Yeah, it's and strange. it's always kind of about... I don't know. He's big on like sort of integrating arcade mechanics into games that maybe don't need arcade-ish mechanics. Yeah, he likes uh, he likes arcadey, fast-paced action and kind of big, broad soap opera cutscenes. Yeah, like, that don't necessarily fit the aesthetic of the game. Like Sonic, the Sonic Adventure did not need as many voiced cutscenes as it had, or as much yeah. plot as it had. Uh, yeah, so I I question that too. I'm wondering uh, if he maybe peaked a little bit early. But either way, uh, this game was actually complete by 2011, and it was announced as a Wii and 3DS title with Katakawa lined up to publish in Japan and Exceed uh, able to uh, handle the overseas translation. However, a year after the final game was sent to the publisher, there was still no sign of it. And Yuji Naka, when interviewed, he said he wasn't sure if the game was going to come out. Uh, So I don't know what kind of drama went on behind the scenes. Okay. Katakawa rep stated the delay was coming from the 3DS port, which they claimed was uh, 70% done in 2013 so i don't know that was was two years two years after yeah so there was no news about the release until late 2014 when it was announced that the game's major platform or main platform was switching to the wii u and that the game would be delayed again to 2015 in order to accommodate the new transition so nis america stepped in as the stateside producer and they made a really, really bizarre choice with the release of this game. This is one of the great discoveries that we that yeah. we have learned. We're like the world's most boring Indiana Joneses. Yeah, yeah. Digging up uh, weird obscura for, that uh, no one has opened in a long, long time, which is in this case a case for Rodea the Sky Soldier for I, Wii U. Dust spewed out of it <laughs> yeah, when I opened exactly. it. Yeah, I, I like have the never... screams of the undead like, <laughs> came forth. Like, beware, yeah. beware. Yeah, no, like we open up the disc and there's it's a two disc set inside the DVD. And one of the discs is the Wii version of this game. And just to be clear, like you don't have like a deluxe version or something of this game. You just have it just looks like a standard Wii U case. This is the one off the shelf. You cannot it does not advertise anywhere like includes Wii version or something like that. Yeah. And you can't buy the Wii version separately, like as its own standalone disc. So this is the only way to play the game as it was kind of intended to be played. Uh, because part of the controversy here was that uh, the Wii U game, when everything was all said and done, 
was very obviously like a five-year-old game at this point. Right. And also they cut a lot of the features from the Wii version. This game was well, built with motion controls in mind. Yeah, well, let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. Yeah. Because I feel like that kind of, that's such a bizarre thing of like, why would you port a game from the last console? Like, why would you include a copy from the last console generation? Especially because the Wii U is already compatible with Wii discs. Yeah, it's yeah, why? It's super bizarre and... And once you start playing this game, you're like, why is this game control so horribly? And I once you explain to me, like, oh, it was intended for motion controls, it mm. makes a little more sense. Yeah. So it's it, all heavily, like, reticle-based. Like, you're supposed yeah. to be aiming things or aiming a target through rings. Like, that's the majority of the gameplay here. But this time you're being asked to do it with just your analog stick. Yeah, so it, it, it feels like you should be able to move your character, but you don't. You just, when you're in the air, you just move the reticle. Yeah. So in this game, you play as like a robot called Rodea. Yeah. Um, who your your prologue... The Sky Soldier. Yeah, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, like... Just so you don't confuse it yeah, with other the military is. industrial con like they've conquered the grounds like there's too much too many soldiers on the grounds they got to send them to the sky who needs them yeah who needs them um, but it's kind of I get like castle in the sky kind of vibes in terms sure. of the aesthetic um, not nearly up to that quality but like no I'd say significantly worse than a, <laughs> yeah. than a Miyazaki I mean, film yeah purely from a graphical standpoint like you you initially said this looks like an N sixty four game yeah I think it would be a pretty great looking N sixty four game. It, but okay, it, it looks like an upresed N64 game, like it, okay. like they were remastered and put on like a, a new disc, but you could still see all the yeah, jaggies. Like it's not right. as fuzzy, but you still see all the jaggies because the environments are just super duper brown yeah. and bleak, and the just uh, lots of stone and grass. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, character models look very much like your sort of PS1 RPG cutscene of like Legend of Legia or like just bad Dragoon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 sort of mid-tier b-tier uh ps1 rpgs the the look of it is is like uh if you have a plastic doll that you stuck anime eye stickers onto yeah. like that's why it looks like the eyes are like on the outside of the body or just like kind of stuck on there and it, it just all looks very chintzy and very kind of old i mean it, looks yeah, old. it just looks bad it just it, I, I mean it's that, like you could say 2011 but like Fuck, Uncharted 2 came out in 2011. Like, yeah. games looked better than this. Yeah, like, games you can much better. Wii games look better than this. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Metroid Prime 3 came out this year. Super, like, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Super Mario like, Galaxy looks better than this. Looks like, way, way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, punch out. Every, everything looks better than this. It's, so, but anyway, yeah. the sound, I don't know, just to get the technical stuff out of the way, sound in this game fucking sucks too. It's like, oh beep, beep, boop, 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 somebody, just continue that. It literally, Literally yeah. is somebody found one key on the piano and they just went to town on it. It sounds like I don't know, like a, maybe a cat fell asleep on it and they're twitching their tail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but like taking frustrating and annoying gameplay and then adding a whole bunch of like jingle jangly sounds on top of it is uh, not a good way to be. Sorry, we have we have a whole uh, menagerie here. Steve is uh, taking care of Lindsay's dog, and then the people above us are like having some sort of furniture moving party. Yeah, sorry, so, we're we're gonna have some dog interference this episode. Right. We're gonna try and minimize. It, well, it'll but. it'll uh, help cover the boop 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 boop. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna loop that in and triple it. Yeah. So the the premise is that there's these two warring kingdoms that like are on floating islands and pass by each other once every thousand years or something sure and ships the in the night yeah the evil king wants to take over this floating island 
Um, but then his daughter is against his warlike impulses, so she hides this key of time with her protector, Rodea, mm-hmm. and sends him to, like, the desert world of this other planet to hi- hide and protect the key. Yeah, and so Princess Cecilia sends him there, and it's it's such a devastating blow that he punches the sand so hard that he breaks. I mean, you could say that Cecilia is breaking his heart. Yeah. It's She's shaking his confidence <laughs> daily. Yeah. I'm going to stop that now. Okay, fair enough. Um, also, poorly built robot construction when it can punch the sand hard enough <laughs> for its arm to fall off. Like, I get that sand is not good for robots, yeah. but, like... We just saw him taking out, like, literally the last boss from Shadow of the Colossus. Like, yeah. they even refer to it as the Colossus. It's not even trying to be anything else. Yeah, there's a couple, like, real shitty elements where, during the prologue, where... It, his dialogue comes off super duper, like, gamey, breaking the fourth wall. He's like... If you attack and and miss, you will score a miss. Mm-hmm. And if you score three misses, it's a game over. And you're like, wait a second, this is not a jokey like tone about this. You're just like put no effort into integrating this dialogue. Yeah, that's why and, when like you're you don't have your character break reality to introduce the mechanics to you. That's why it's always like a fairy or like a wise owl or yeah. something from outside the game that's some sort of merc with a mouth, worlds. if you will. Some kind of merc with a mouth. He knows he's in a game. Yeah. He knows and he's it, in a movie. And it's like it's just everything seems so like half way done. Like at one point you just started, you went the wrong way like initially because this game sm- uh, controls like garbage. Yes. Um, and then they're like, oh no, I'm going the wrong way. And then it re instead of just letting you fly back, it restarted you to like before the tutorial. Mm-hmm. Like again, it was like you died if you went a couple feet the wrong direction. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like that this game is as big of a mess as it is. I don't think th- I think it would be a bad game on the Wii because like the way that Rodea controls. Good news, is, we can try it if you want. Yeah, well, yeah. great. <laughs> um, is you can move them around normally on the ground with yeah. the Wii U. But then to jump, you kind of have to hold the A button, and this reticle appears where you can kind of fling him into the air. Like, there's no just button to jump initially. Yeah, you have to jump like, and then press it again to, like, hover and kind of figure out your aim. Yeah, it's like pre-flight mode and then flight mode. And, like, there's a bunch of tutorials that don't really make sense. No. And once you're in the air, though, you can't control yourself. All you can do is point, move your cursor to select things, and then press A to fly towards them, and B to activate a little boost. The problem is, like, you might find yourself bouncing off an enemy and going completely the other way, and you totally lose track of where you are, and the camera sort of just goes wild. Yeah, yeah. This camera is also very bad. Really bad. um, Because you will be locked onto a thing but the camera will not be able to decide if it wants to focus on you or the thing that you're locked on to. Yeah. There, there are times like it's weird how bad the controls are here because there are times when like you will literally press a button and it will just ignore you. Like that happened multiple. You said you were saying like, I'm, you're pressing the a button to try and jump. That's happened to me a few times too. Like, you're supposed to be able to just jump in the air and then press it again to freeze. And sometimes it just won't do either. Yeah. It's like just kind of ignoring you. It, it's like in the other thing that I feel like is a design like, you know, carried over from uh, like the Sonic games and is like every button is basically jump, but they're all like kind of different and you're not sure why. Yeah. Like that always kind of weirded me out. And so- like one of these is like a spin jump and one is just a regular jump. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, it, the the reason it feels so janky is that the Wii version does not have a jump button. It's just press A to go into pre-flight 
and then press A again to fly. Okay. Like, so they're adding that extra complication for God knows why. Like, yeah. I don't know. But, like, yeah, A should it should just be one press to get in the air, which it sounds like the Wii version does. This cuts a lot of other things, too. Like, you get uh, certain gears, which basically you can use to modify yourself and give you different weapons. And this game only lets you have one, which is a machine gun gear. But there's also like a slide ability that you can get the Wii version that's but taken away. Th- like- what's so bizarre about this and what totally blows my mind is for all intents and purposes, the Wii version of this game doesn't really exist. Because mm. like even though the disc is out there, it's only included with this Wii U version. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, if, if you want the better game, you have to buy the shitty game? Like... But it's yeah, probably still play it shitty. on like a, an earlier console. Yeah, it's just so so weird that like they didn't just because by the point that this game came out, I guess I see that like the Wii was probably less dead than the Wii U. <laughs> like even though Honestly, it was still early, like we like the amount yeah. of like sort of market saturation of the Wii versus how many people owned a Wii U. Why go through all the effort to redesign this game and do such a shitty job when you could have just released the Wii version? You absolutely and could. everyone who still had a Wii and was like, oh, good, a new game to play. Yeah. You would have sold more copies. You probably would have. I mean, yeah, no, I think you're very right. By 2015, people had given up on the Wii U, but like there were still Wii games being released as soon as, as like as recent as last year. Yeah. Like games were still coming out for that system. And I mean, especially considering this game was so very clearly designed for it. Yeah. And would, again, I don't know. I don't think it would be a fun game because this is just not a well-made game. No. But it would at least probably feel like how I would want it to feel a little bit. Like, because that's what's so confusing about this game is you're flying through the air and you just naturally, because you've played games where you fly through the air, want to control your character. Yeah. And you're like, why can't I move the character? And at least with a Wii U or a Wii, you know that you're supposed to point at stuff. Yeah. I mean, this game, this game kind of blew my mind just in terms of like, A, how terrible it was. Yeah. Because it's been a while since... We've played a game this terrible. Even like we've, we've had a pretty good run recently. Even yeah. the throwaway like Dreamcast stuff or uh, DreamWorks stuff had this level of competence, whereas this because um, they were usually ripoffs of superior games. Yeah, like so they had a little bit of that DNA. Yeah, like I almost want to go back to like uh, when we played uh, the Batman games for the the Patreon. Like yeah. there were some real real shitty Batman games. Oh, oh boy! And this this kind of approaches some of those. Yeah, I was I was surprised at how low quality this was just because it's it's you know, it looks like from looking at the cover and looking at some of the artwork and everything, it feels like something that had some work put into it. Yeah. And it clearly was in uh, production for a super long time. I think it just got diluted and diluted and diluted and just missed. I mean, yeah, I guess most of that time was probably like it probably finished and wasn't necessarily being worked on during all that time. It was just kind of sitting in some weird limbo state. Yeah. And just kind of gotten finished later. But it's a it's a bizarre oddity of a game. But I certainly I can't imagine someone who's like a huge fan of knights might enjoy this game, but it, yeah, I don't know. But even got to be like, way more to play. Knights, better options. The flying in knights is all like 
on rails. Yeah, you know, it's all Knights you're kind of essentially like wrapped a two, around a, a cylinder. 2D game in terms of your movement. Yeah, so you don't really need to worry about working through that space or like trying to compensate midair. Yeah. Well, like, I guess yeah. like that's the heart of it is like a fly a game where the emphasis is on flying, like Knights or like that planes game we played a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was surprisingly not bad. It was pretty good. Um, like. The appeal of it is just that sort of sense of freedom and being able to smoothly go wherever you want. And here you're just fighting against the controls and the camera constantly, which is extra frustrating when you're in the air and you find yourself like just white all around you. And you're like, I have no idea where I am. And like, I, there was nothing in the game I really wanted to look at, like yeah. to move my camera for, like, I don't know. There's, it's like, Oh, what is it? Oh, it's another rock floating in the sky. And at one point shit. we ran out of flying energy. Cause you can only stay in the air for a limited amount of time. And another the new feature they added to Wii U. Oh, wow. The and Wii they, version has like a three tiered, uh, health bar system. And if it's like all the way up, then you're powered up and then you just lose power gradually through that. Got it. A much more interesting system than, yeah. And so, but at one point we ran out of flight energy and just started falling. And I think it probably took two minutes before like, like we die, like we fell enough to die. Not even exaggerating. They like, give you so much time to like get back up, but you don't regenerate your fuel. So you're just falling. Like you can, you can regenerate your fuel maybe a little bit. You'll get like 20 feet up in the air and then you just start falling again. Yeah. So it's just faster to let yourself die. Go get a snack, make a sandwich, you know, do your laundry, come back, read a book. We, yeah, and I believe the quote that you that you said while uh, we were playing this, which I think summarized up the whole experience, why won't this just let me die? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's what playing this game is like. It pretty much is. It pretty much is. Well, uh, that's enough for Rodea. Uh, let's talk about something we like. Yeah, let's talk about something we like. And you know what? Before we jump into the next game, I, I think I thought of another thing that kind of unites these two games, oh, like okay. thematically. Yes. These are both featuring characters that could really do with uh, some body hair removal. Oh, you think so? But I, I don't so. know. All these characters look pretty smooth to me, but, Steve. Yeah, Maybe that, they have that's already... That's not an accident. That's not an ah. accident. Rodea, you know, he's flying through the air. He's got to be aerodynamic. Yeah. You know, he can't yeah. be doing that with a bunch of uh, cumbersome body hair. Yeah. And Shantae, well, everybody in her world is wearing midriff tops and open vests. I mm -hmm. mean, you got to keep it all smooth I mean, and shiny. Yeah, Shantae, you know... Shantae, I know it's for all ages, but that's a sexy world that she lives in. It's a sexy world she lives in. And you know what? If you want to stay sexy and stay in your world, then you should probably check out Manscaped. Wow. Because Manscaped would have done these guys some great uh, services, did, I think. Did you just come up with that oh, that whole lead-in, or were you spending like hours writing that? Just came up here? with that. Wow. Just came up with that. Wow. You know, why not? Why not? So uh, Manscaped... Uh, they, they provide some of the best, uh, quality men's grooming material in the world. Yeah. Uh, um, they, just, they, just to back us up a little bit. Yeah. Since we're now like knee deep in Manscaped. We um, sure are. The man, this episode was kindly sponsored by Manscaped, mm -hmm. um, which makes fine products for grooming either your nose hairs, um, which is what I would like to focus on. Cause that is a product that I think everyone can use and enjoy yeah. regardless of your stage in life. Trim your nose hair, people. Get like that, that matters. Um, and they also make fine products for trimming your balls. Ed, yeah, absolutely. Um, also absolutely. an area that matters. And speaking of my reputation as the stinky one, sure. let me just say, less stinky than usual. Yeah. Thanks to Manscaped. Would that be because of the uh, the crop preserver ball deodorant? Or exactly. maybe the crop reviver toner? <laughs> Both uh, products you can add to your regular hygiene routine. Yep. Or maybe you can break out uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, which is their newest uh, body trimmer, which is really great. You can take it in the shower, help clean up easily. 
you know, the weed whacker, get that nose, get those ears. You know, you can get all of these if you get the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. It has all of these things, plus a cool uh, little leather tote bag. It comes with a T-shirt, yep. boxer briefs, all kinds of cool stuff there. And guess what? If you're a listener of our show, you can get 20% off your order. All you need to do is go to manscaped.com and type in the promo code UNIVERSE at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping with everything that you buy. Good promo code. I am glad that we snaked that promo code before uh, all of the... before. Uh Neil deGrasse Tyson that's, was that's like... That's the name I was pulling. Chomping at the yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was like, what's that name of that scientist? <laughs> it's that guy. You know the guy who likes to yell at movies. I, yeah. Yeah. I, did, I, just, I was like, uh, Stephen Hawking, Carl Sagan. No, they're all dead. Come all on. Of them, all of them. Yeah. Uh, they'd all appreciate it, yeah, I think. Exactly. Absolutely. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNIVERSE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code UNIVERSE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped and thank you manscaped for sponsoring the show once again yeah um well now that we have cleared ourselves of rodea and Purged. cleaned our body with uh with fine grooming products i washed that game right off yeah. of my balls we are we are ready to talk about something i think is better i think way better let's talk about shantae half genie hero this was released december 20th 2016 developed and published by way forward technologies it was also released on Windows, PS4, PS5, Vita, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia. Yeah, one thing you can say about these Shantae games is they make them available now. They like, sure do. They sure do. The first game um, only, I mean, we'll get to this, but like it only came out on Game Boy Color, and that, that card now commands a hefty price. It sure does. Um, I mean, this, this is kind of a good counterpoint to Rodea, like a game that shifted systems multiple times and had trouble kind of finding an audience because it came out in an awkward phase. Yeah, you know, because Shantae that was, is like the definition of that game. It seemed to kind of miss the window every time. Because I think it came out, yeah, so the first Shantae game came out on the Game Boy Color after the Game Boy Advance had been released. 2002. Yeah, yeah. Game Boy Advance had been out for a year, and they released Shantae. So uh, this game, it was developed by a husband and wife team named Aaron and Matt Boson. Aaron designed the character and the world while Matt designed the gameplay. And they first pitched this idea all the way back in 1997. Capcom eventually agreed to publish the game on the Game Boy Color, and it was slowly developed over a few years. Uh, the original dev kit was designed with the SNES in mind. They kind of wanted wow. to do like a late-stage SNES game, uh, but luckily they they upgraded that. Um, what do you mean luckily? That would have been sweet. I would have loved sweet, an SNES like, game I, in 2002. It would have sold even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, so, yeah, the first game, which was simply called Shantae, was developed by WayForward and published by Capcom, and it came out in 2002, a full year after most everybody switched to the GBA so despite being a critical darling upon release, the debut adventure of this half-genie girl was largely overlooked. Um, but the game was able... It's its a cool game, and it's kind of a sought-after game for a reason. Like, it has some pretty impressive graphics for the age. It has, like, parallax scrolling. Yeah, I mean, it, lo like it looks that. great yeah. on the Game Boy Color. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, it looks fantastic. And it, it plays really well. It's got a charming world and a charming personality. And so while nobody really bought it, it got some great reviews and became sort of a cult figure. But Capcom was always a little unsure about how to market it because it's like on the surface, this kind of looks like a kid's game, but they thought the character was like too sexy to market to kids. Mm -hmm. And like, to be fair, I don't think this is a kid's game. I think this has more of a knowing wink. Yeah, like, okay. it's, it's not, I think that's it's a maybe good way an all ages it. game, but it's like, my my description of it while we were playing is that it's pleasantly horny. Yeah. Like, it's not creepy horny, but it's like, 
come on, these characters are drawn very exaggerated and right, very right, like, right. Where, sexual. Where you, where you had saved, I was, I was freeing a chained up busty mermaid from, uh, <laughs> from like a bunch of locks. That was a sea, super so. funny bit because all the all the hot girls for the, they even say this in dialogue. They say uh, all, the, all the girls from Hot Girl Village ah. were being kidnapped. And being made, to, uh, being forced to become mermaids, and that process was literally hang them from a hook, and then a fish jumps out of the water and just grabs their legs. Okay. So that's it. They're just women with fish on their feet. Nice. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But they're they're all very scantily clad, and like the characters are commenting on how they're scantily clad. So like, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel super creepy. You know, it right. feels it feels like it's uh it's got a well meaning energy to it. Either way, uh, the character soon developed a small but devoted following, the, the number of which finding it uh, uh, a sexy game might be significant. You <laughs> sure, don't know. sure. I'm not going to discount no, it. No, th- and there's, not, it. there's nothing wrong with that. No, 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 absolutely not. Oh, i got a dog in my lap. <laughs> uh, so WayForward loved the game, though, and they wanted to uh, kind of pursue a sequel for the Game Boy Advance, but that project had to be scrapped due to the low sales from the first one, and mm. the series went dormant for almost a decade and then in 2010, WayForward kind of surprised people with Shantae Risky's Revenge as an exclusive for Nintendo's DSi. So once again, oh. the developer picked a platform that was not widely popular. <laughs> sure. uh, I think that came, I mean, you know, what is the killer app for the DSi? Was like, this a downloadable only thing? It I must have been, all right? DSi games yeah. were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was even the gimmick with the DSi? It was just that it had I a camera in it, right? I and it was also like very hard. Like this, mm. uh, if you if you have a DSi, it's like a brick. Oh really? Like, okay. it, I don't think I've ever seen one. It is one a in very beefy system because like all of those features were just integrated into the 3DS. Yeah, it's just like you don't you just don't. It was need a very it. weird stopgap. But yeah, once again, they picked like kind of the wrong system at the wrong time. But the few people who did play that game praised its colorful image and uh, colorful images and tight gameplay. Uh, and that game was later re-released as a director's cut on PS4, so people okay. were able to discover it. Uh, and once again, thanks to a groundswell of su- support, the game earned a sequel. It was called Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, which was exclusive to WiiWare on the Wii U and 3DS. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> again, just like, oh, okay. Not only is this exclusive to the Wii U and 3DS, it's going to be in the downloadable store, the yeah. one that's always like not working. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, another like really critically praised game that was hard to access. My other my other criticism of this series in general is that I feel like the naming conventions in this series are quite bad. You're like, all right, which is the, is it Risky's Revenge or the Pirate Strikes Back or Curse of the Were-Rabbit? Like, it's, all, all of the above. Yeah. All of the which above. Which one comes next? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of, that's that's always been a bit of a problem and it's sort of like generic, like piratey language. Right, like just just put a new, just put a new mare on there. A yeah. new, you know, a new mare. A new mare. A new mare. Yeah. One of those new mares. Yeah, the new mare brothers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just because you can still keep your weird subtitles or whatever, but Absolutely. like half genie hero very much sounds like it should be the subtitle for the first game. Yeah, probably because right. that's kind of establishing who she is yeah. and like what she is. Uh, so for this fourth game, Way Forward turned to Kickstarter, where uh, it more than doubled its stated goal. They had stated four hundred thousand, and they made it close to nine hundred fifty thousand. Nice. So people were all in for Shantae. Uh, the influx of cash allowed this to get a physical release as well as the digital rollout. And there's also a suite of DLC story chapters and lots of bonus swag that came from supporters. Uh, my version came with a soundtrack album. Okay. And now that I've listened to the soundtrack, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I haven't been listening to this. this oh, is, it's good. These okay. are bangers. These oh, are you're great. saying it's better than Rodeo? Boop, 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 Somehow boop, it's boop. better than hitting the one <laughs> yeah. key over and over and over. No, these are like... These are very... Uh, Shantae, again, is a very anime-influenced thing that... Mm-hmm 
was never actually an anime. It's an American production, but the music that they whipped, like put together for this feels like the opening credits of a anime. So okay. it's got that kind of energy. It's got sort of nonsensical lyrics and it's really fun. Nice. Um, I, uh, this is the kind of series that I think really shines at Kickstarter. I mean, yeah. like, which was proved, but it's something where it has a decent, like it has a niche fan base, but they're very into it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like not quite enough to, you know, pre-Kickstarter justify like full physical releases because you're just not going to sell enough copies. Yeah. But now you can be like, look, now we have the money to actually fund and, and like, you know, it goes viral. So it's interesting that, there has been so many Shantae games at yeah. this point, even though like the first three were all on kind of these weird sort of peripheral platforms. Totally. Yeah, it's really strange. And this one was finally four entries in. This was a hit. This yeah. is uh, Way Forward says this is their fastest selling game ever. Wow. Uh, and it's done really well. Like a, the Switch version has outsold every other version of the game combined. So they're very cool. Great. Yeah. I'm glad it's finally finding an audience. So the Shantae series takes place in this fictional world called Sequinland, and our hero is Shantae. She's a plucky young girl with unusual lineage. Her father was human, but her mother was a guardian genie, and she was tasked with, like, protecting the city. Uh, and Shantae's parents disappeared shortly after she was born, so she was raised by the locals in a city called Scuttletown. And now that she's grown, she serves as the guardian genie for the town. She keeps bad guys away. She helps locals with magical abilities. And while she doesn't have the powers of a full genie, she is able to use her long hair as a whip, and she can perform special dances to change forms into different animals. Uh, Shantae's nemesis in the whole series is a female pirate captain named Risky Boots. Good name. Who commands an army of pirates called Tinkerbats. Good name. Uh, and they hate genies. They all just hate genies and want to whoop on them. Uh, sure. this, this game opens with Shantae having a vision warning her of an evil force coming from the genie realm that only she can defeat. And when she wakes up, the town is under attack from Risky, who steals the blueprint and components for a machine called the Dynamo, which is going to protect the city, the residents of the city permanently. And so Shantae has to go off and uh, find all the different components and stop whatever evil prophecy is coming her way. Yeah, got us. The, the evil prophecies, they are the ones to stop. They're the ones to stop. Uh, this game is like there, there are a lot of RPG ish mechanics in this and this does put a stronger emphasis on story than i was expecting like uh, there are a lot of npcs to talk about lots of different characters to get to know i, I mean in my brief time playing this game i feel like that's almost to its detriment mm. like because i do like just kind of the platforming energy of this game it's fun to run around and whap things with your hair yeah and like there's almost yeah there feels like there's a lot of people to talk to in town it's very yeah. much feels like that uh Zelda 2, where you're just like, all right, why did you put this guy in just to tell me that he is Eric? I am like, Eric. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. Maybe his name is Eric, and he just like was saying it wrong. Yeah, I'd like exactly. to think that. My name is Eric. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I yeah, there, there's a it's a pretty richly lived-in world. Yes. Like, you know, you, there are a lot of relationships that are clearly, like, established throughout the series. Like, you know, she's got a, a male kind of rival that she's always, like, uh, uh, teasing, you know, and and one of the subplots in this game is that the mayor of town is unhappy with Shantae and is trying to replace her. So there's like another half genie in town <laughs> okay. that's auditioning for her job. Cute, cute. It's a pretty witty story. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of funny stuff going on here. I think this game has a pretty good sense of what it is yeah, and uh, totally. uh, who its and, audience and is. And graphically, like, it really oh. knocks that out of the park. Like, I mean, this is a pretty new game. It's still interesting. Yeah. I always forget, like, that the Wii U is not that old. 
old. No. Or like, not that old of a system. So, like, this game came out in 2016. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, the Wii U was dead three years at that point. But <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. But it really is a beautiful game. Like, it's not, it's not quite on, like, cuphead levels. But, no. like, it's still, like, the bosses you fight are big and the enemies, everything is very colorful and just, like, everything looks really clean and smooth and cartoony. Yeah, I mean, you've talked in the past about, like, you'll kind of jump on board any game that looks like a retro, like, yeah. kind of 8 or 16-bit throwback. Yeah. I'll jump on anything that looks like a, that lets you look like you're controlling a cartoon. Yeah. So, like, whether the game is good or not, I'm going to give it a lot of leeway if it looks like a living cartoon. And Shantae really, really does. Yeah. Like, really bright, really colorful, really well-defined lines on everything, and just watching all the characters move. Like Shantae's got these silly little dances that she's always doing. Like her idle animations are like, <laughs> she's doing these little crisscross like hip hop moves. Like it's a lot of fun to watch. It's yeah. just a lot of fun to look at. I I feel like Shantae's model is, is a little bit small in the sense like when I'm playing it on the TV, I'm feeling like I have to squint a little bit yeah. to kind of keep track of where I am. It's kind of similar to the Gianna sisters in that way. Like I remember those characters being kind of small yeah exactly like it feels more natural almost playing it on the gamepad because you're a lot closer up yeah um which i mean is a mixed blessing because like the environments are so big and beautiful that it's nice to see a lot of them yeah i just kind of wish that shantae was a little easier herself to see definitely um and so you sort of start in these towns where you know there's lots of different people to talk to there's an inventory system where you can buy a magic spells that mm-hmm. you can swap between and you know armor that reduces the damage you take and food that just restores your health and then you just go on these different little platforming missions right like- basically yeah i mean think uh, this is a uh, kind of a side scrolling action platformer rpg hybrid you know uh the central mechanic here is shantae's dances so like your hair whip is your basic attack and that's how you get most of the stuff in this game, and done. it works fine. It's, I it mean, it's fine. essentially just a cuter punch. Yeah, and you can upgrade it. Like you can buy shampoo at the store, which makes your your hair do more damage, cute. which is cute. Um, lots of little stuff like that. Uh, but the central mechanic is your dances. So you learn these different dances that'll give you the ability to turn into different animals, which you can use to solve different puzzles. So like, you uh, you find a little monkey dance that turns you into a very cute little tiny purple monkey that can climb up walls and can jump much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crab can take you underwater. There's an elephant. There's a couple of different. There's like five or six different animals you can. Transform and I like. Into. I mean, the transformation is pretty fast. It doesn't play like a cutscene every time you want to transform, which would be very tiresome. You just press X and it like pulls up a selection wheel, and then yeah, you just, just press the, the button of the direction that you want to turn into. Yeah, pretty pretty simple, pretty low key. Um, yeah, I mean, this mechanic works great. It's a lot of fun. And you can uh, get power-ups for the individual transformations. Like, yeah. one of the early ones you get is, like, a monkey bullet, which allows you to sort of make a quick air dash as the monkey. And that's yeah. nice, too, because, like, you... Your dance moves, like, the transformations are pretty useless from an attack standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them are able to really do any damage. So it's good to upgrade them and, like, find these new abilities and new powers to kind of make them a little more useful, and then you'll have less switching around. I mean, I think that this game is an interesting thing in the sense that most of the time when I think of games that try to be, like, new games that try to be platformers, uh-huh. they often rely on like throwback challenge as a big type of it like all right this game's going back like cuphead for example sure. of like we're making it tough again and i feel like shantae does not go that direction no. at all no 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 like, it's still pretty accessible yeah it's a very like kind of effortless play and the core 
like this game, I would not describe this game as thrilling, which is kind of like what I most commonly associate with sort of more retro throwback games of yeah. like, I'm going to like barrage you with bullets and like fast enemies and things like that. This game does has a more sort of leisurely exploratory feel to it. It's kind of it's it's a it's kind of cozy. Yes. It's got a it's got a chill vibe to it's, it. It's 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 charming. Like really yeah. it feels like you want to play it more like kind of a more modern adventure game where you just kind of are there to explore the world and yeah. meet different characters and things like that. And I think that that is totally fine and works very well to her. I think it's just important to know like that's what you're getting into more than like, oh, I want to play like, you know, a tough as nails platformer. For sure. Because <laughs> that's not quite what this game is. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I really enjoyed my time with this. I want to keep playing it a little bit because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by the world. I like the gameplay. I like the uh, transformations and it's just like a delightful game to look at. Yeah, you it know? really is. And there, there's, there's been a new Shantae game since this one, I believe. There has right? been a new Shantae game. I'm, tr- I'm forgetting the name. I'm going to guess it's some mixture of Curse and Pirate and Genie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm going to look that up real quick. But yeah, there, there have been five Shantae games, uh, which are, that's pretty great for like, oh, it's called Ar- uh, Shantae and the Seven Sirens. Oh, and uh, yeah, this was where was this released? This was released in oh, and everything. So you yeah. can find this wherever you get it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's cool that this series went from kind of like forgotten gem that would missed its release date, like kind of fell out of the zeitgeist, and then like struggled to find its feet. And now it's like the series is five games deep. Like yeah. people love these games. Like I definitely, I would say check this one out. It seems like it's pretty accessible. You can yeah. find it on all of your current consoles. Like. Yeah. No or, reason not or, to track or it consoles down. that are not current, such exactly. as the Wii U. You can track it down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think this one's a lot of fun. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, let's move on to our rankings. Yeah, then. I think totally. we've just about done it. Um, where are you going to rank the two games that we've played today? All right. Well, I'm going to rank them in differing positions on our list. Um, yeah. So, Rodea is the new worst game I played on the Wii Oof. U. Yeah, no question about it. Like, suck it, SpongeBob. Well, no, don't suck it, SpongeBob. Take a take a trophy, SpongeBob. <laughs> um, because, yeah, SpongeBob, I remember coming in. I was very cranky that day. Um, I was not impressed by what SpongeBob offered. But at least what it offered felt competent in the sense that SpongeBob usually did what I wanted him to do. Yeah. It was just a tremendously unambitious game where Rodea is one of the those rare games that you... I think that I don't know. This is this is this is a weird humble brag, but like I think most people don't encounter games as bad as Rodea as often as we do. Yeah, it's like true. It, it it whereas like on the realm of like I can't believe that this was a product that got released. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's it's rare to see that like as recent as 2015. Yes. Like, there's better quality control in place. Like people don't really let these games escape as often as they yeah. did in the Super Nintendo era. Oh, um, and uh, and Shantae was much, much better. Um, I tend to gravitate towards a platforming style that does lean more on challenge. Sure. Um, so I liked it a little tiny bit less than Gianna Sisters, even though I enjoyed the aesthetic more. Okay. I liked the kind of switching back and forth mechanic and level design of Gianna Sisters. So I'm just putting it one below Gianna Sisters, which I think is like number 20, something like that. 26, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah not yeah. bad. Not a bad place to no, be. It's a good game. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I've I've been kind of on the fence with Rodea as well because like there's there's one side of me that kind of wants to reward it for being an original property and right. not like a knockoff of a bad movie. Like, you know, because Turbo Super Stunt Squad is currently my bottom yep. list. And bad game. I'm not gonna fight game. you on that. Bad game. Um 
I think I am going to sneak, sneak uh, Rodea uh, below that. I think it's my new bottom game as well because, like, yeah, I, I can give it props for being original, but the thing that it's doing is not fun. No. And the thing it does is it does this thing poorly. And they seem to know that they've done it poorly because they attach a better version of the game inside the same game case. So, yeah. like, I can't really vouch for Rodea on the Wii. I might try it and see if it's a little better. Honestly, this, it's one like, of the great oddities that I have ever encountered. I've never so seen that before. And because they don't even advertise that the Wii version exists in there. No, which no, is not at all. It's so, so weird. Odd, they yeah. just snuck it in there. Like, it's kind of like just, oh, our bad. Oh, but by the way, this one's better. Try this. <laughs> yeah. Break out your old Wii or just, you know, play it, play on, it on the Wii, Wii U. U. There's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, Shantae, way, 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 way better. So much better. I like Shantae quite a bit. Um, I'm excited to dig into it a little bit more. I'm going to put it a little higher than you. I think I'm going to put it at number uh, 16. That's going to be right underneath Axiom Verge and mm-hmm. right over Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I dig this series. It's very pleasant, and I like pleasant things, and this is pleasant. <laughs> yeah, there you go. they're perfect. Um, I, you know, We've talked enough about it. One more thing I want to say about Rodea, which I think is really weird, is that it was delayed essentially for the 3DS version. Yeah. And I, I can't, it feels like playing that game on the 3DS would just also be tremendously unpleasant. From <laughs> like, what I understand, the the 3DS version is similar to the Wii U version. So, oof. like, the Wii is the one you want to stick with if you're going to play these at all. But again, you need to buy the shitty one yeah. if you want the, but like, the better the, one. Yeah, to have that on the tiny screen or turn on 3, it just, just sounds gross. just feels like a dirty trick. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, well, we have a couple of letters today. Hooray! This first one says, Dear Steve and Woody, impossible guest, Uh, I was watching some classic wrestling from 1999 when Monday Night Nitro (laughs) opened up with the promotion of their Battle for the Beatle sweepstakes in order to win a new VW Beetle. As the great Tony Schiavone said, the best racing game on the Nintendo 64, Beetle Adventure Racing, was the reason why this cross-promotion happened, and it made me chuckle. Yeah. Question for you guys, what is the weirdest cross-promotion for video games in other mainstream media? Also, everyone should be checking out the Patreon at patreon.com slash ultra64pod. Lots of great extra content that's very much worth it. Thank you for all you guys do, and that's from the Pun Hit Wonder. And nice. that was not a paid promotion. Okay. Yeah, we just have very nice listeners. Um, so well, thank you for that. One thing that is funny, like Beetle Adventure Racing, one of the better racing games on N64. Surprisingly it, it was great very game. Good. Yeah, um, and, but it's game. funny because the, the game that actually had wrestling promotion tie-in was not was one monster truck madness i think yeah that's which right. was the worst one of the probably the worst game on the system it was right like up there second or third from yeah. the bottom yeah it was um, it's like and i think carmageddon was the only thing yeah. lower yeah. and it's weird that that was not the game that they tied in to yeah. it like considering that's it actually so had the branding uh, yeah um as far as weird cross-promotional ideas i mean my favorite is oh we talked about this on an episode in the past but my favorite is always the shadow man uh, Shadow Man's Second Coming, where Acclaim put advertisements on gravestones in a oh, London yeah. cemetery. Yeah, Acclaim is good for some of these. The Name Your Kid Turok one. Name Your Kid Turok, yeah, that was another big one. Um, so those are the ones that spring to mind immediately for you, me. How much do you think um, they would have to pay Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian to name their baby Harley? Oh, man. Like, Wait, are they having a baby? No. Oh, okay, oh yeah, we're know. breaking it here on the podcast. But if they did, and it I would be... I didn't know they were a thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Even I know that, Steve. I, you know what? You, you say Pete Davidson, and my eyes glaze oh, over. Oh, like, fair I enough. I just don't... 
I have no opinion on the man. Um, no, well, that's I fair. I just I can't mean like regret the energy to have. An all right, opinion. well, that's fair enough. I was going for a Harley Davidson joke. But, oh, uh, okay, yeah, no, okay, all right, all right. It seemed like a real. I mean, that's the new influx of marketing, right? Is just like pay people to name their kids famous products. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's why Gwyneth Paltrow's kid is named Apple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I guess we got a little sidetracked. Um, I need to research this one a little more. I'm sure there's like weird, terrible ones that are out there. There were definitely but. some. I'm, I I always remember, it wasn't even a cross promotion. It was just a weird commercial. of uh, It was a battle tank commercial where uh, it's like the snuggle bear, like the, the, the downy snuggle bear. I know exactly the, the one you're talking out about. Out in the field and then the tanks start running them over. Yeah, I don't know. I remember Those that. Those were always gross kind reason. of advertisements where like, you want kid stuff? What yeah. if like the kid stuff got destroyed? <laughs> yeah, we're super edgy. We're N64. I like that question. I'm going to come back to it and talk about it in another episode. Yeah, I'm curious about it because I, yeah, I think that I want to dig into a few of those because cross promotions I'm sure there were like really weird. weird like... Pizza Hut toys or something that you oh, could get. I had some uh, Taco Bell toys for okay. a while from N64. Those are all bad. Anyway, we have another letter here. Hello, Stephen Woodsworth and all 100 of your small plant-like guests. <laughs> Pikmin has always been a series I've wanted to like but never really got into. The yeah, art style too. and character designs are adorable, and the idea of exploring a familiar world from a tiny perspective is amazing. And when I tried the first game on GameCube, I even thought the controls were good. It just didn't click with me. However, thanks to some of my brethren in the audio-only Let's Play podcast community, there are dozens of us, <laughs> I've given Pikmin another chance, and I'm loving it. First was Lokathor, who uh, spent some time playing through the first Pikmin game. I honestly can't remember if they played the whole game, but the cheery way they described the game made it sound so wonderful. Then came Daniel K., who very meticulously described the adventures in Pikmin 3, helping me understand more of the lore and mechanics of the mm. series. Very well, I shouted at an unloving god. I shall try <laughs> Pikmin again. I booted up the digital copy of Pikmin 3 that I have on my Wii U for some reason, even though I've never liked the Pikmin games, and found that I didn't really like playing Pikmin. Again, it looked great. It felt great. It just didn't grab me. But something else did. Uh, my son grabbed me. My son grabbed my hands and pushed them away and took the gamepad for himself. <laughs> After some intense negotiations with the two-year-old, I convinced him to let me hold the gamepad while he sat on my lap and touched the screen to throw Pikmin. Oh! I cannot overstate Cute. how much I absolutely adore Pikmin 3 now. <laughs> We've only played a few times, but every time we do, my kiddo is laughing constantly as he pitches Pikmin all over the place while I try to make actual progress in the game. It's ridiculous, but so much fun. I love it. Anyway, keep doing the show. Can't wait to listen each week. Keep doing all the wonderful stuff and being kind and wonderful folks. Uh, and that is from Troy at Troyal Power. Yeah. When he says, oh, shoot, wait, uh, I was supposed to ask a question. <laughs> you Just to be clear, you don't have to ask a question. You don't, but... no, but I appreciate it. It says, what arcade game do you remember playing at the hyper-specific place where you were a kid? Oh, wow, the indoor okay. sec soccer arena my sister played at had a copy of Revolution X, the Aerosmith rail shooter. Oh, you mean music is the weapon? <laughs> don't give up! <laughs> and I've never seen it anywhere else. Nice. Uh, so thank you, Troy. That's awesome. I love that story. That's yeah. super well, clearly adorable. Clearly, we were playing it wrong, Steve. I need to sit on your lap and uh, that's the thing. poke the screen. You got to, and you got to laugh joyously yeah. every time. <laughs> that's a terrifying, joyful laugh. Oh. Well, oh. maybe that's why I don't do it very often. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so what were your hyper-specific arcade games? I've, I've talked about mine before. You have? I don't remember. Uh, well, my big one oh, was I Metal remember Slug. Your, yeah, yeah okay. Metal Slug was my big one, because every day after work, I would go play Metal Slug until I finally beat the whole game on one quarter. Nice. I was very yeah, proud of that. I've awesome. still never done anything cooler. Um, well, I have two. Um, one of them was on the ferry. I grew up on an island, so mm-hmm. whenever I did sporting events or wanted to go to the mall, I had to take a ferry, and on this ferry, they had... Um, a Raiden Fighters arcade machine, which was always the one I was most excited whenever I was on the ferry with the Raiden Fighters machine. I would always play it. Um, and then I would be disappointed because I would play like Raiden. I would find a different version of Raiden on a home console. And I'd be like, why is this not like Raiden Fighters? Um, so that game was one. And the other one, there was a sort of, I don't know, <laughs> there was an arcade that opened up in town very briefly before it got shut down for perceived numerous drug deals. Oh, sure. Um, this is where I learned to play Magic the Gathering from, like, weird 40-year-olds with, like, scars and tattoos. Um, <laughs> and now we are the weird 40-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I remember playing Shock Trooper. Have you played Shock Troopers? I've never played Shock Okay, Troopers. it's very much in the vein of Metal Slug, but, like, top-down. Um, and I love Shock Troopers. Nice. And that was, that was always a big one for me where... I, yeah, there was a couple. There's always a couple games where you're like, ever you see them in an arcade, you're like, okay, I gotta play this. Gotta play that. And one. Shock Troopers, Raiden Fighters, and Robotron are my big three. I guess my other one would be when I I, I used to work in a pizza place and we had a couple of uh, arcade machines in there. And whenever I would get bored or like there was nobody in there, sure. I would play some games. So I think I still know the route and the enemy locations in Area 51. Oh, nice. Better than I know like the maps of my hometown. Sure. Like, I think sure. I could. I could probably still blindly uh get 100 percent on area 50 wow right nice now. so yeah yeah those are my big ones there good questions thank you troy we got one last oh one oh my here. gosh we're flooded uh hello again this is Steven gonna be like Woody. our longest episode for two games no one cares <laughs> wow, about i mean just I to be clear people like shantae but... and we're also nowhere near longest episode oh, okay. we're good we're good uh hello again Stephen woody being that it is the first of april good timing it is actually the first yeah. of april I wanted to tell a quick story about a time when Ultra 64 unwittingly made a fool out of me. About a year ago, while in the beginning stages of buying my very first property, I sadly discovered that my credit had been decimated by a case of stolen identity. It was stressful and traumatic, and I don't wish it on anyone. Even worse, I genuinely had no idea how my private data had been exposed. Oh, no. It was around this time I started listening to your podcast, and it's no exaggeration to say your content comforted me through some very uncomfortable times. I was worried we accidentally doxxed somebody in Australia. That that is what I also thought. It was like, I signed up for your Patreon, and then your bad SSL certificate might compromise my identity. However, as I worked my way into your backlog, I began to suspect my phone had been hacked. Every couple of episodes, the audio would warp and warble dramatically. Uh, yes. But you guys talked on as if nothing had happened. In a panic, I switched phones and changed all my passwords, oh. but the audio distortion continued. It wasn't until several months later that I heard, uh, finally heard you guys crack a joke about the audio glitch that haunted the early days of your podcast, and I breathed a huge sigh oh. of relief. Well, pseudo-relief. This still meant I had no idea how my identity had been stolen, but all's well that ends well. My wife and I bought our first choice condo, and last night I finally pulled the trigger and became a Pikmin-level Patreon supporter. Getting 88 new episodes for 5 bucks a month is a steal in my book, pun absolutely intended. And that's from your fan, J-Mo. Thank you again for your awesome letter, J-Mo. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations on uh, becoming a... uh 
Patreon subscriber and, and a homeowner. Say only, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, but we the, know which the, one is more no, important. We we know, yeah. we know. Um, also, to be clear, I was the one who stole your identity. So oh, I'm sorry. okay. So, well, yeah. Well, at least that's call settled. me JMO from now on. That yeah, <laughs> that's settled now at yeah. least. Uh, well, thank you everybody for writing in. Thank you for all the unsolicited plugs for our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/Ultra64. <laughs> that one pod. was solicited. We, that one was that was from me. Yeah. Uh, well, and thank you all for listening. Next week, you're definitely going to want to be back here because we're we're playing uh, the last of our DreamWorks games. Ooh, That's right. You're not going to want to miss it. We're Will something talking, DC uh, Rodea already? Will it have a <laughs> short-lived time at the bottom? It might just yeah. because we are playing the Crude's Prehistoric Party and the Penguins of Madagascar. Okay. Yeah. We're yeah. Going. And guess what? Penguins, not native to Madagascar. I looked it up. What? I'm shocked, too. I'm shocked, too. Okay. You know what was them? Dodos. Okay. Dodos. Native Madagascar. This They're is this now. is a high quality scientific content you can get on if you tune in next week. Absolutely, to the universe. All right, so we will see you then, and I'm making a wish that you'll all come back. That's a genie thing. Perfect. Take to the skies. That's right.